Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Hello, friends, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. How is everybody? I am doing well. I've been living my life, you know, going outside maskless, and it feels amazing. So I will say the first few days, I felt a little weird because it's New York City. So when you don't have a mask on your face at all, people tend to look at you. And I was self-conscious at first. So I kind of put it around my chin, like a a chin strap, just to be like, hey, shut up. Um, I have a mask. I'm not an anti-masker. But anyway, now I just don't really give an F um, and I don't wear it at all. So, but for the record... I don't care if you guys wear a mask. You can wear a mask as much as you want. I just don't want to wear mine outside. So anyway, my guest this week is a true inspiration. It's Renaissance woman Margaret Cho. And it's also Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. That is a mouthful. Um, But it was just amazing talking to Margaret. You know, she is a stand-up comedian. She's an actress. She is a fashion designer, an author, and she's a huge activist right now. So we talk about her movie coming out um, on Netflix, which is in June, and it's called Good on Paper, and that's a comedy, and it's, it's great. And we also talk about her podcast, which is called Margaret Cho, Mortal Minority. So we talk about some entertainment stuff, but, you know, she really educates me a lot on her culture and the scrutiny and the racism that she faces on a regular basis. So I'm going to shut my mouth and play my interview with Margaret Cho. Um, All right. So where are you located, by the way? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Nice to meet you. I'm Lauren. Hi. I am in Manhattan. Um, I, I love LA, but I'm, I'm a New York girl. It's, it's funny. There's, you know what I mean? I feel like you're either team LA or, or team New York, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love both, but I've always been yeah. here. I mean, I've been in on the West Coast. Um, I grew up in LA, San Francisco and I kind of grew up in LA too. I grew up, um, I got here in 1991. Okay, cool, cool. All right. So I'm going to get right down, right down to it. Now I want to start okay. Margaret with um, your show, All American Girl. Now this to me was an amazing show, super controversial. And while I was a little bit um, younger when it first came out, I went back to watch it. Um, and then I did some research on it and you know, it makes me frustrated and sad that you were told to tone it down. This is something that I am told all the time. And it drives me insane because it's part of who you are. So how, how did you deal with that? And can you, what, what can you tell people like me and women like me that are told to tone it down? It's really frustrating, but what was good was I was still doing stand up comedy. So I still had an outlet for mm-hmm. my um, point of view. 
which I think is really important. And I think that's pretty, pretty much what I relied on. I think for anybody who um, is in a, a position where people are telling them to tone it down or whatever it is, um, you know, it's to find that space where you can kind of really be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's ideal. Um, I mean, of course, we all want jobs like that, but but not to interrupt you, but that way. weren't you supposed to be yourself on this show? That was the whole point of it. Like you yes. were supposed to be. That's what Absolutely. I don't understand. Yeah, it's so very more frustrating. It's, it's it's hard. Yeah, yeah it's more right. frustrating. But at the same time, television was really different. There was only four channels. Mm. We were a family show, so it was like an eight p.m. Okay, eight thirty p.m. thing on uh, ABC, which you know there were so. Um, it was a weird age for me to be because I was 24 and mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, at that time we didn't have, that was the same se- season friends premiered. Okay. So we didn't have a sense of like, you're a young adult, not married, um, but you're not a child and mm-hmm. you're not a teenager. Right. So they didn't know how to exactly put you into um, a category, you know, friends really kind of emerged as that, that ideal that you could be an adult, but of course you're all white. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like not one uh, person of color on that show, literally not one. No. Yeah. So it wasn't. Um, but at that time we didn't, we thought diversity was brunette and blondes. Mm. Oh (laughs) my gosh. You're so right. You're so right. The world, the world has completely evolved. And that brings me to cancel culture. When is it too much? Do you, what do you think about this? I mean, I personally thought Mr. Potato Head, that's too much. Right. But then I see Ellen and I see yesterday, you know, she's done. I'm, you know, my show isn't challenging anymore. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, honey, you were canceled. Like you were canceled. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that valid to you? I think it really depends. I think it's Mm -hmm. really about how, um, You know, it's like when people are um, confronted with uh, the truth about who they are in cancel culture, I think Mm -hmm. then that's valid because you want to buy into an artist that you, you understand them and that you know their point of view. So when things like um, racism comes up, homophobia, uh, cruelty, people just being mean, you know, it's like, you kind of want to know like, well is this person actually who I think they are? But also at the same time, like when it comes to comedians, it's very hard because comedians are super sensitive about feeling censored. Mm -hmm. But I don't think cancel culture censors you. I think what it does is that it um, challenges you to be more thoughtful about what you're saying and presenting yourself in a a better way. So -hmm. I think it just requires more skill, but um, it really depends. You know, it's all, every situation is pretty different. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we don't really, I don't, I think it's, it's too soon to tell. I think cancel culture, what it's the noble idea of trying to correct our language. So it no longer discriminates. That's an important point that cancel mm-hmm. culture comes from. Yes. It's this idea that we'd like to change the way that we speak in order to change the way that we think about certain people. And I, I think that. that's really honorable. You nailed it, actually. Um, 
And I'm going to, I'm actually going to copy you and I'm going to use that because that is the perfect way to say it. Cancel culture should really be just thinking before you speak. That's it. Just think about it before you say it. Um, No one's trying to be ridiculous, right? All Gen Z ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to get you to be more aware as, and I will just say it as a white person, you know what I mean? This is really for, Mm -hmm. for mainly for white people to just be aware. Now, have you ever dealt with um, racism in in casting in Hollywood? If you were going for a role and they said, you know, they basically didn't cast you um, because you're Korean. Oh, all the time. I think it's just like, that's just a norm. I mean, that's definitely. um, Do they bring you in for something like that? Will they say, oh, come audition. And then will they say, actually, never mind. Like, you know, well, no, they would never even bring you in. I mean, you're just never considered. I mean, the Uh, only time is if like, um, there is an Asian person cast. For some reason, they really ask for specificity too. If it's an Asian person, okay. then if it, the, the role is like a Chinese person, then you have to be Chinese. Like it's okay. a very weird thing. Like we are required to have a kind of authenticity that mm-hmm. white actors are not held to. Right. And it's a very strange kind of thing of like, where is that uh, coming from? I'm not really sure. I mean, I play different um nationalities i'm actually chinese and korean okay so um that's something i discovered about 10 years ago so (laughs) it's very interesting um but it's something that uh is weird like we're required uh authenticity to tell these stories that other uh white stories are never held up to so there's all of this scrutiny and weirdness around race and nationality and casting and um even if something I, which Bridgerton I really love Me too. people even take issue with that because wait, wait you know wait. I, I love that you Hold know on, wait people took, I don't remember what why do they take issue with it well people take issue with it because they're they're just like you're trying to idealize history and it's like yeah because we can idealize history we can wow. idealize a world where we're not looking to um, the racial context of casting and the way that we tell stories. We can tell Mm -hmm. each other's stories in a way that's really unique and exciting. I mean, I loved it. And I think that's really, I hope hope that's the future. Yeah. But who knows? I I love Bridgerton. Everyone should shut up. I love that show. Come on. Like I do too. That's creating a problem, but that's so funny because imagine being white and then seeing a casting call that says, you have to be a quarter Scotch-Irish. You have to be a quarter of this, a quarter of this. And you're like, what? Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. That would be nuts. Now, can you just educate us um, on the diversity of your amazing community right now? I mean, you are so incredible, Margaret. You have done this amazing PSA that made me cry. I mean, it was like, it was so moving. And so can you just educate us on your community? Well, it's a really amazing, diverse and grand community that we mm-hmm. are, you know, doing so many different things. And, you know, it's our uh, month to celebrate our achievements. And so it's a real honor. Oh my God. There's a lot of diversity. You got to show me the dog. Oh, that dog is really cute. I'm not even a dog person. That dog's cute. I'm a dog person and a cat person. So she's okay. a cat. Wait, do you know that dog kind of looks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy? 
Like, is it? She does. Yeah, kind of. She's a chihuahua. <laughs> okay, that's probably why. There you go. Um, yeah. but no, but but yeah, tell me more. Just it's it's a diverse community. It's you it's know, a, it's a very vast community. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's um, it's Asian. It's East Asian. It's South Asian. It's all of us together. And um, you know, in in um this last year, we got to make Over the Moon, which was an amazing Asian American story. Um, seen it four times. You know, yeah, it's a beautiful movie. And so Kaylin, uh, who produced the film, got us all together to do this PSA. And it was really special. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was all our friends, um, Kaylin and, uh, and Daniel Day Kim and I had gone to um, China in 2018. So we're all old friends from that. And so it was really great to cool. get to, together, albeit online, to make this PSA, which is really cool. Yeah, no, that is, that is so cool, but it was, it was beautiful. And by the way, that movie, my daughter and I, we watch it and we hysterically cry together. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, just watched it again film. on Sunday. We can't stop watching yeah. it. It's so good. It's so I love it. So moving. Really um, moving. That's actually, I'm going to start promoting that again, just for this month. So speaking of this month, um, what, not to be cliche, but what does this month mean to you? Well, it's a very meaningful uh, time to look back at what, our history has been in America. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've been here since 1849. We've contributed greatly, yet our contributions have really been negated. I mean, we're the reason why um, the country came back together during the Civil War or after the Civil War with the, the Transcontinental Railroad, mm. which was an amazing achievement. And yet we were cropped out of that achievement. Um, there's a very famous photograph when they, uh, at the Promontory Pass, where they take all of these railroad workers that worked on the east side and on the west side and one side has champagne flutes and the other side has a champagne bottle and all of the Chinese workers were not in the photograph but it was mostly Chinese workers that created the railroad so we were literally cropped out Mm, that's so sad wow so it's really sad my next question was going to be um do you feel like your community gets enough recognition and I think the answer is no no but uh, we're on our way to. I think that mm-hmm. we're starting to. Mm-hmm. And there is a sense of real unity where we hadn't had that before. Um, I think because of our um, separation, you know, there's like a big separation between Asian communities because of our history in right. the wars that have happened. Um, you know, there's a lot of bad blood between us. But I think now we realize we have to come together as Asian Americans. And this is the month that we do that. Right. And, and I'm not sure if you've ever been scared before in New York City, right? I don't know if you've ever felt um, your heart race while you're walking down the street alone at midnight. I, I know I have never felt like that. But after the attacks this month, do you feel, you know, scared if, if you were to come here? and yes. be a, So you do. Okay. Yes, yeah. all the time. And it's mm-hmm. really because because I'm an older Asian American woman, I'm mm-hmm. exactly that target for somebody mm-hmm. who would be attacked. Right. And it's really scary. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what to do with that fear, except to turn it into action. You, you have to turn your anxiety into action. That's the only thing that you can do with it. Right. And it's, it's interesting to me just to think about, do you, do you feel like, um, Trump sort of made this, uh, hate towards the Asian community more prevalent when he called it the China virus? Absolutely. Because what it is, it's the casual nature of his racist, quote unquote, jokes Mm -hmm. that really gives people license to act on their irrational 
fears and discrimination and prejudice and hatred. It's not, right. it's, it's not the way that racism uh, should be treated in that casual way yet because mm-hmm. he was so casual about it. Right. That it right. gives people permission. And that's really what's upsetting. Yes. And what's for me, when people would say, well, you know, it is the China virus. You know, we called it the Spanish flu. We called it this and that. I would sit there and I'm just like, OK, but that was so long ago. We're we're in 2021 right now. You can't yeah. say things like that because we have evolved as a country. We've evolved as people. Think about if we were still the same country that we were in the 50s. Like, that's not yeah. OK. So it's like people, it's not. To, it's not, and they need to wake up. Like maybe, yes, it was the Spanish flu. Not a thing anymore, guys. You can't say that. Let's all respect one another and just love one another. Not to be, you know, I hate, I hate saying that shit. Cause I always feel like dumb saying it, but it's, you know, it's true. Um, but, but it's okay. not, um, but it's also not, it wasn't the Spanish flu. It was called the Spanish flu because Spain was neutral okay. uh, during the uh, first world war. And so they could call it that the, uh, 1918 pandemic originated in Kansas. Whoa. So we dropping knowledge on me. Kansas. (laughs) Yeah. We never call it the Kansas flu. Yeah. Because it was just there there was such a need to be patriotic. And the one country that they could push on was Spain because Spain Mm. wasn't involved in the first world war. So there was a lot of like things that we call things because of politics and then they get remembered wrongly so that's what it okay. is that's a, you know that's a really good point you are you're very book smart um I did not know <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but these are just such yeah these are crazy facts that I would have never thought uh to to think about but let's talk about your new movie on Netflix coming out June 23rd so that's called good on paper tell me about that I'm excited for that it's a really funny um romantic uh, con it's a comedy but it's a rom-con it's like all okay. about like this terrible situation but it's really hilarious and it's a true story and it's um Eliza Schlesinger's project she wrote the script it happened to her and she's um telling it in the film and we had such a great time we shot it actually before the pandemic so oh, it was the cool. last thing we all did before everything shut down wow. and so it's really incredible and um but what's the uh, story Gate, exactly oh it's it's a really, it's, it's, a, it's about a, a boyfriend who is not what he seems. And it's not a catfish, but it's not, a, it's not a dogfish. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A whole, it's a whole bunch of stuff. So it's okay. a really great, great comedy. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yes. I love, I love movies like that. And now you were yeah. also keeping super busy with your podcast, which I think um, people who listen to your podcast will sort of understand how book smart you are. because your podcast is not it's not like a comedy podcast no well we we talk to a lot of comedians and a lot of asian american comedians but this season is called mortal minority and it's all about um modern asian american hate crimes reflected against historical asian american hate crimes starting in the 1800s and so there's quite a few that are really there's so little documentation so i have to watch so much Wyoming public television on YouTube because this is like there's no there's yeah. no like real like it's really hard to find yeah. some stuff about it you don't a lot of the victims names have been totally lost oh. none of the um, perpetrators were ever uh really you know imprisoned or anything so yeah. there's quite yeah. a lot and right. um so that that's what I do is like kind of 
also signal boosting a lot of the GoFundMes for the current victims of okay. Asian American hate crime. So there's yeah. a lot happening, but I, I'm really grateful to be able to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you thought of this idea for for your second season because it's it's incredibly different than what we're used yes. to. Um, you know, like most entertainers and and celebrities and actors and comedians, their podcasts are pretty much on brand and yours is mm-hmm. on brand, but it's different. So I think that that's yeah. going to be very, very well received. Now, yes. if, if we could do something, um, you know, just as white people to help out the community, what what could we do? Well, I think it's really just standing by as an ally, standing by and supporting all of these different people who are suffering, you know, the Asian American community need allies. And so Mm -hmm. we just need you to be there for us, whether, whatever that is, even if it's just a sympathetic ear or it's, it's really just to be a witness to what's going on and and looking to change it. Yeah, no. And, and it's, it's like everybody I know wants to do something and wants to help. They just don't know how to go about it without, um, it, it can be sensitive, I guess, you know, and I don't really have much of a filter. So I'm like, I want to ask, I want to go out there and see what yeah, can be good. done. But yeah, but some people are shy about it and it's, they're even shy about saying the words Asian or Chinese or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or so it's like, just right. It's okay to say that. Tell everybody it's it okay to say that it is fine. You it's are not great. offending anyone. Okay. All right, no, perfect. not at all. <laughs> I love yeah. you, Margaret. You're so fun. I You're so you. chill. You. Oh my gosh. Okay. So just, just for fun, what has been your favorite show to binge on during quarantine this whole year whatever uh without any embarrassment 90 day fiance because it's so (laughs) involving it's all about culture okay and and culture clashes yeah and how um idealized romances and how we feel like so involved in having to get the story of the romance that will sort of go over, over like the, all over the world to find it. Yeah. And um, kind of make a lot of concessions along the way. Seasons about are what there. We need. Uh, well, there's quite a lot of seasons of the actual show, 90 Day Fiance. Fiance. There's eight yeah. seasons of that. But beyond oh. that, there's so many spinoffs. Yeah. Okay. There's so, and then finally there's the single life, which I haven't started yet, but it's, okay. there's so much. I feel like I'm a content. little disappointed in you right now. I'm not going to lie. I cannot believe you watch that show. Normally I watch only um, Korean uh, dramas because I'm like trying to become much more fluent in the language. Like my dream is to one yeah. day actually um, write and star in a Korean drama with in Korean language. So I, I usually only watch that. Wait, that is there's so cool. also lots. That is so yes. cool. You are so cool. freaking cool, Margaret. Seriously. <laughs> I actually really I want to I want to learn a language. Um that's that's a story for another day. But that's okay. 90 day fiance. I did not expect that from you. It's um so okay. Involving. I'm going to try it. I can't <laughs> I'll try so it. Crazy. Okay. I have nothing to watch right now. So I will try it. Um try and it. I will get back to you on that. All right, fine. Um, Okay, what was your favorite movie or what was your Oscar pick this year? Minari. Sorry, I just screamed the microphone. Sorry, Justin, you're looking at me like I screamed the microphone. I'm like, Um, yeah, I love Minari so much. And I love that guy on Walking Dead. He's so good. He's so good. That was so amazing. And Mm -hmm. he's a friend of mine. And actually, Yunya Jung, who won the Oscar, um, is uh, she played my mother in a 
show that I made that didn't get made. We did a pilot okay. two years ago. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, she's amazing. amazing. And so she's, she's like, you know, it's time for her to get that recognition, but she's like, you uh-huh. know, a real, like, you know, she's the Meryl Streep of Korea, but even more. I mean, she's yeah. like Meryl Streep and sort of Betty White combined, but she's not <laughs> as old as Betty White. She's very, uh, but she's very revered. Oh, she was so, so she's really incredible. Badass. She was so fierce in that. I loved her and I loved, I thought that was such a beautiful film because I it was is. expecting it to be more of a downer. So I was happy when it wasn't. And I was like, this is what we want. I guess people, I don't know what it is. Do they think we want like people to be worse off at the end? I don't, I guess I don't understand that. Like, don't, don't like directors and, and filmmakers know that we we're rooting for people. (laughs) We want happiness. And that's why I loved it. Cause I'm like, this is happy. It's not ending in shambles. Yeah. It is so beautiful. So I was so pissed when Nomadland won. I was like, this is absolute garbage. Um, I slept through half of it and I rewatched it and I was like, oh, I should have kept sleeping. I, you know what I mean? Like it was just not, not for me. I don't know if you felt the same way, but, um, well, I mean, I was happy that, uh, I, I was happy that Chloe Zhao won, you know, because it's also the first, um, Asian American woman and one of the first second women to women in like 90 years or whatever. I mean, yes. that's like crazy. No, that's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's insane. That's it's insane. completely insane. She, I had actually said this on a previous show. She deserved to win best director. I cannot take yeah. that away from her. The fact that she directed non-actors. I mean, that's insane. I can't even imagine. And those, not that those people seemed like they'd be tough to direct, but I just can't imagine that they're used to taking direction, especially from a woman. I mean, especially, you know, some of these guys. So she deserves that. Mm -hmm. She totally deserves that. Now, um, what, what has been your favorite food to cook this year in quarantine or to eat this year? What have you picked up um, dietary wise? I've been cooking a lot of Thai food. So I have a mortar and pestle that's so large that I have to actually sit (laughs) on the ground and wear a skirt and put it between my legs. Like it's so, it, it's gotten to that. Wow. Like it, it's like, I um, was going to go, I was going to get an electric blanket and make penjang, which is, um, it's like, it's, I guess it's, it's kind of like miso paste, but it's, it's a Korean condiment and um, it's Ooh. the base for a lot of soups. It's a bean paste, but it takes a year okay. and you need an electric blanket That's so and random. you have to put it outside. <laughs> so I have like an outdoor pantry. Yeah. that I've been like um, trying to figure out how to actually put into use because it's not being used yet. Okay. So I was going to do that with Tenjong, but I, um, I haven't started. Oh, it's too intimidating. But that's cool. That sounds so good. I love that. And it just, but it sounds like a lot, but yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. I've but I, I definitely have been more. utilizing the um, mortar and pestle. What'd you say? I've been trying to cook like a little bit more. Do yeah. you have an air fryer or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, just tried. I have the, that, yeah. Yeah. That is like so food. good. It's so it's really good. good. And I actually, the other day I started buying this, it sounds crazy, this frozen garlic bread from Whole Foods and I'll let it sit out and then I'll stick it in the air fryer for 10 minutes. And oh, it's yeah. so good. It's like better it's than really garlic good. bread in the oven. Yeah. It's so good. I don't need to be it's doing It's really coffee, good. But no, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Now, are you, so you came out as bisexual. Now, was that difficult for you because your heritage when you did come out? No, because my parents owned and ran a gay bookstore in the 70s and then mm-hmm. the 80s and then the 90s. So they've been around gay life all the way through the hardest parts of gay life, which is AIDS, wow. which is the assassination of Harvey Milk, which led into 
Yeah. The pandemic, the first pandemic for us, which is AIDS. Mm. So, you know, I wow. grew up in the gay community. So there's never been a sense of like not belonging. Right. Right. And, and my parents are very like, okay with, you know, very happy with that. You know, it's you're really incredibly amazing. lucky. I do think that's rare yeah. from people that I've spoken to. So you're incredibly lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been all over sure. the place with my questions. I've been bouncing all over the place with you. So you are such a good sport for this. So really, yeah, thank you so much. Now, is there anything else that you want to say, um, about yourself or about anything that you just want people to know? Well, I hope people, um, listen to the podcast. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's out now and it, it's, um, we're shooting, we're shooting, we're recording. Yeah. Um, so we still have a few more for the season and, um, it can be listened to anywhere you get podcasts. It's the Margaret Show, Mortal Minority. Yes. Okay. I love it. I'm so excited. You are, you are so fabulous, Margaret. Honestly, Thank you were the, you. In, like you were the whole package. You're beautiful, funny, brilliant. I mean, so talented. So wow. honestly, you're an inspiration um, to women and it's, it's just such an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Okay. So that was Margaret. I really enjoyed talking to her. I I found her to be so brilliant. And I was surprised that she was so book smart. Not that I thought she wouldn't be. I just didn't realize, um, you know, how intelligent she was and, and that, you know, she was, she was serious. And I was like, wait, Lauren, what were you expecting here? Her to start doing some slapstick comedy? (laughs) I don't know. But, um, anyway, get ready for her podcast and her new movie coming out in June on Netflix. Good on paper. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. You know the drill. If you like, like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple. Until next week.